All right, we got multiple questions up on social media, Facebook. You can hit us up at DJ and PK. Twitter, David DJ James. You can grab your phone, use our app, use the open mic feature, send us your takes. Uh, our football question today, what will the Jets get in Zach Wilson with the second pick? There's comedy, there's serious takes, there's defeatist takes, there's hopeful takes. It's all there, PK. The complete cornucopia of takes. Clark says they're going to get a talented quarterback with elite hair. <laughs> We'd gone to the smile earlier in the show. We hadn't gone to the hair. I was going to say the hair and the smile are both elite. Oh, there you go. Madison Avenue, baby. If you get some wins to go with that, you're good to go. I don't really notice the hair that much. Uh, I mean, they're playing in a helmet, obviously. Let's put it this way. It's been described as Zac Efron-esque. Really? <laughs> okay. Zac Efron. Uh, don't know All that's right. what most football players are going for, but okay, sure. Probably not. So but. he's got the good do. He should. He's 21 years old. Why shouldn't you have a good do at 21? You know, you haven't uh, hit into the male pattern baldness yet, which I haven't had, knock on wood. Uh, although I guess it probably wouldn't matter if I had it either way. What's the difference? Uh, it's certainly not going to matter when you play quarterback. Uh, but I, I think he has the mental makeup because he's going to need it. You know, they're – that, that's right in the heart of where I grew up. The Florham Park is minutes away from where I grew up. And obviously uh, where they play is on our side of the uh, state line there. They're going to come at you. We already know that. Everybody, You don't need to live there to know that. <laughs> so everybody knows that. Uh, and I was surrounded by I many family members, passionate fan base. My one cousin um, who, when we – I told you about that uh, – vacation my family took we went from phoenix up to the bay area and yosemite and all that and there was eight of us in a station wagon and so i was about 15 years old and my cousin named luann luann ripa a cousin uh on the other side of uh, kelly ripa interestingly um the two of us were in the station wagon in the back so we had we were sitting crossways right so our faces were each other. Back in the day, can you imagine? No seatbelts, driving from Phoenix all the way up to Yosemite, eight of us. Uh, I can't imagine sitting <laughs> in the back of a station wagon unseatbelted. I don't really imagine as much as I remember it. Even the Sniggledorfs with a, ah, oh, yeah, why don't you just crawl over the back seat at 60 yeah. miles an hour. Crawl over the back seat and uh, lay down on that blanket and back and take a nap if you can't sleep sitting up. Yeah. Okay. Unbelted, sleeping in the back of the car while Dad's flying down the freeway. Yep, so she, done she it. Was, she was 14, I was 15, and I have my parents, my sister and her husband, and my grandmother and my aunt, who was the nun. That was uh, the eight of us. We actually we were didn't have a lot of money. We slept. We spent the night in a car in Yosemite in the station wagon. We all slept eight of us in the car. Uh, you got me there. Didn't do that. Yeah. In a tent on the <laughs> in a tent on the ground. Yes. No. Oh yeah, but in no, a car now. We, we were we were city people. We weren't campers. <laughs> I didn't go camping until I moved up here, <laughs> and I thought this sucks. I'm not doing it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> had it was sleeping on the cold hard ground. <laughs> uh, I, we took the kids up to just up the street here a little bit up the canyon. It was fun, uh, but uh, so I heard one time she was an adult and she asked me her husband, uh, yeah, why does he go to the stadium? at 8 in the morning when the game starts at 4. <laughs> well, because he's getting loaded. 
and uh, he's uh, tailgating. So they have a passion to passion to fan base, as everybody does. So they're going to have high expectations on this kid. But I think he has the mental makeup to handle it. I, I, I haven't been intrigued by somebody going in the NFL locally uh, than I, more so than I am by this kid in a long time. I don't, I don't even know who compares. Maybe John Beck? Uh, which didn't really turn out that well, uh, as we know. I mean, second-round pick, and uh, just by, in what, in 2007 and by 2012, he was out of the league. And I think one of those seasons, he didn't, he wasn't in the league, set out the league, and then went back, I think, something like that. So five years, he was gone. So it didn't work out. Uh, I think that it comes down to, uh, with the quarterback, it's more, you know, when you're in school, you have to do those group projects. You know, there's more pressure on the quarterback. And, and I guess New York's going to ratchet that up. Just, but there's pressure on every quarterback. I mean, Jordan Love, I don't know when his time will come with the Packers, but whenever it does, there will be pressure. I suppose maybe they could move him before Aaron Rodgers, you know, yeah, so maybe, say, yeah, yeah, maybe his time won't be... come there. It'll come somewhere else. But as a quarterback, right. it's always on you, and yet you got to have the whole team. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks wrecked. Uh, because they didn't have enough offensive line. They got sacked too much. They never really had a chance. And you don't have the same level when other guys go to the NFL because if you're a corner or you're a defensive lineman, like you can do your thing and you can be judged to be good even if the team blows. But the quarterback really wears the wins and losses. And if you don't win, it's on the QB. Now, how many quarterbacks do we say, he's really good, but that team doesn't win at all? You could say that about other positions. I just don't think you say it about the quarterback very often, if at all. Well, there's been exceptions. I mean, you know, Philip yeah. Rivers. Yeah, but even they were their teams were good. They didn't win the championship. In the case of Philip Rivers, he didn't get to a Super Bowl. But they um, were good too, right? I mean, uh, let's face it. If he has a career like Philip Rivers or Dan Marino, that's we'll pretty darn it, not good. <laughs> we'll call it a W, baby. What will the Jets get in Zach Wilson with a second pick? And Eric says they will get to ruin in his career. Not turning it around. There's the Jets. One winning season in 10 years. Eric, it's not good. No hope. It's not good right now. I mean, I can't disagree. Well, that's why you have it's the two pick. Good. That's why they got the number two pick. It's... Correct. Uh, what? It's just that their most recent history, because you take that kid like Kyler Murray, he went number one. But no one's saying, man, the Cardinals are just going to really just destroy him. Because they've had a little more recent success. Yeah. Uh, and the Jets have zero recent success. I understand that. But that, that, then that's beyond his control, man. That's, and, I, and I do think that he's going to need time. He's, he would need time even if he, was, if he was going to a good team. He probably wouldn't play right away anyway. So usually when quarterbacks come in, right off the bat and play, it's because their teams aren't very good, right? Uh, maybe Russell Wilson was somewhat of an exception uh, to that rule, but usually that's the case. So you're going to need time for the individual to grow a little bit, and then also, of course, the team. So you got that combination. So you really can't go crazy and make big-time assessments, I would think, at least until the third year. Phil says they would get a kid who couldn't join or beat Utah. Sad, really. Not a serious take. Just going to revel yeah, but, in the rivalry. But Phil, I think everybody knows that BYU would have won this season. 
No, I don't think everyone knows that. Well, I, let I, me I say, I, there's a, there's I a large contingent of certain... Everyone, well, the, the, char- every, the Channel 2 people don't know that for <laughs> everyone, obvious reasons. Everyone isn't willing to admit that, even if they th- worry about it or think it down deep. They're just I not don't gonna care what it. you admit. Uh, truth is truth. You don't have to admit truth. It still stands as truth. They would have won this year. Everybody knows that. You should hold on to that. That'll be good for another day. Yeah, here comes the inevitable. Uh, what Twitter inevitable? Barrage. What? Bar- barrage? Do you want me to lie? Is that what you want? Hashtag ten is coming. <laughs> you do that well, Yak. That wasn't bad. Keenan says they're going to get more Jetsy disappointment. Jetsy is a specific flavor of disappointment. Maybe you look at it, hey, this is a great situation and that there's nowhere to go but up. And if they do go up and then say in three years are vying strongly and actually do make the postseason, he's a hero. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That's the home run swing. And if he connects, yeah, if in three years they're winning 10 games and they're in the postseason, oh, my gosh. Because you know, here's the funny thing. Yeah. If you're not in one of the major markets, one of the major stories, you know, you don't end up on ESPN, you don't end up on all the websites, you don't get that kind of run. And so a lot of guys can kind of, and and teams for that matter, can kind of be anonymous when it comes to that kind of stuff. Nothing anonymous about this, man. If you get get the Jets into the playoffs after their last decade, (laughs) it's going to be nonstop. It is going to be nonstop. So what you're saying is it's not going to stop. His face will be on websites. His face will be on TV. It'll Yes, it will not stop. Um, however many people think it will stop, Bryce says, what's he going to be? He's going to be a bust. Steelers fan says, he's going to be a bust. So complete full stop immediately. Well, why animus towards Zach Wilson? Just because he played at BYU? Well, it could be that. I mean, I can click on this and see, uh, you know, who their teams are. And, oh, so you and don't like him because he played at BYU when nope. he wanted to go to your school and nope. your school didn't offer him a scholarship. Father of four, FSU season ticket holder, former BYU baseball player, loved Denver, enjoy helping to change lives for a living. A former BYU baseball player, that doesn't sound like a youth season ticket holder. Let's see this other guy here. Uh, no background on him. Don't know what his deal is. Just says Steelers fan. Got nothing else on him. But one guy says he's a former BYU baseball player, so maybe you just don't think he's the guy. I'd like to know why. Well, the two most common things we hear are he's not quite big enough. You know, the 6'2 quarterbacks, there certainly are guys who've excelled at 6'2, but you really want the 6'4, 6'5 guy. And he lit it up against a subpar schedule, and that's one thing that people are just going to keep holding against him until he wins in the NFL. I don't think that they look at schedule. I think they look at the talent that he has. And if you yes. look at some of the throws he made, and there it is. The schedule wasn't the reason he made the throws. And some of those throws, they were guarded quite closely. And he put it right out on the money. And his, his mind is exceptional for the game. And the throw, some of the throws he made, the DB was all over him. So it isn't specifically about scheduling. And it's not about the win-loss record, for that matter, either. Uh, and size, I, th- I think he's big enough. That's, just, that's the way I look at size. 
Is his size a detriment? No. Is his size an advantage? Maybe not. I can remember one time watching a, a Steelers-Ravens game, and you had Terrell Suggs and Ben Roethlisberger, and they look like two grizzly bears. Roethlisberger's getting out of the pocket, and Suggs is trying to bring him down, and they're slapping and <laughs> kind of fighting at each other, right? And neither could get an advantage because they're two massive human beings, right? And and Suggs is and Suggs is a great player, obviously, right? Probably a Hall of Fame player, I would think. And he's trying to bring Roethlisberger down, and he can't because he just can't smother him. And Roethlisberger was able to throw the ball away, live, live for another play, all that stuff. And so, yeah, you're probably not going to do that. A Terrell Suggs-like player is probably going to bring down Zach Wilson much easier. Uh, so it's not a size isn't an advantage. But I don't think it's a huge disadvantage either. What are the Jets going to get with Zach Wilson? Jordan says they're going to get buyer's remorse. Let's see if Jordan's a huge season ticket holder. Yes, University of Utah fanatic. There it is. You guys didn't offer him. That's you should be furious at your people. There it is. <laughs> went not all a, in him. Went all in on a quarterback, a four star from San Diego who was gone before Halloween. Unheard of. And the one guy, the local kid that you wanted who didn't come blows up and is the second pick of the draft. That's like a worst case scenario, is it not? <laughs> the only thing the only thing worse is if Tuttle blows up at Indiana. He got a little playing time last year. Uh, when the, the kid got hurt. Uh, actually looked decent, but an unbelievable set of circumstances. Local kid wants to desperately come, goes to your camps. That's where he met A-Rod, and you don't take him. We know the story. And the other kid, if the other kid would have stayed and done well, would have been, oh, okay, so be it. But he doesn't. He takes off. Outrageous. Didn't ruin my Jimmy Buffett concert, but had me on the phone during a concert. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can ruin your Buffett concert. Yeah, in town here. He had first time he'd first time he'd been to town since I'd moved here. Played at the arena in which we broadcast, uh, Vivint, and uh, yeah, I started getting texts. Hey, what are you hearing about uh, uh, Tuttle? And sure, I make a couple texts. Yeah, he's gone. All right, he's gone now. Now back to Margaritaville. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shocking story, obviously. Uh, so that, that, that makes you hate Zach Wilson. That doesn't make any sense. Dwayne, Dwayne says the Jets are going to get a great quarterback with no promising future. Poor guy. Because they are putting him behind a crappy offensive line. Right now. But it's not about right now. I mean, what if, if he won seven games this season, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? So... But also, too, you know, a bust, uh, a bust relative to uh, what the other guys do, too, because all these quarterbacks, and so there'll be three other quarterbacks, at least minimum, there'll actually be more than that in the later rounds, and if any of those guys blow up to be this and that, and your guy doesn't, well, then you're going to be held accountable for that. Oh, you say three other because Trevor Lawrence went first, so it doesn't. If he blow, if he's great, well, you just couldn't get him because right, he was right. a, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the five, the five quarterbacks will be judged against each other. There's no doubt about that. And I don't think the later guys. I guess if one of the later guys turns out to be a great quarterback, yeah, 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 which yeah. hasn't been happening recently, anybody's got any hint of it goes early. 
Now, a lot of these guys are already moving on. Uh, Carson Wentz, right? He hadn't been in the league that long, and he went early, and he's already changed teams. Darnold's already changed teams. So they're all in on these guys early in the draft these last four to five years. Prescott's the last fourth rounder to, to hit. But just because they're all in on you early, you know, two, three years down the line, they're ready to move on. But the next big thing coming in. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk with Craig Bullerjack. Joe Ingles is here in the 9 o'clock hour. Time to welcome in Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic. And, Andrew, you've been talking about guys who've been struggling with uh, ED, and you've got a breakthrough treatment. No pill, no injections, no surgery, and lots of medical studies saying this really does work. Yeah, there are. We've talked about that Cambridge study uh, backing this technology for a while, and now a new one. Um, a pretty big urology outfit. They tested our exact technology on men with ED. And kind of interesting, they intentionally tested it on guys that were no longer responding to the pill. So I'm kind of assuming severe erectile dysfunction, maybe a lot of health conditions, maybe it was older guys, and the success rates through the roof. They said that this rehabilitates erectile tissue, and it's the new standard of care for ED. So If you've been wondering, hey, does this stuff really work? I've been hearing about this. The science is there. We've helped a lot of guys repair the blood vessels, uh, improve blood flow in this part of the body, and turn back the clock in the bedroom. And like you said, not having to take the pill, uh, that's a really great thing for a lot of guys. So I think some people want to know how effective each of these potential treatments are, but other people want to know what are the side effects with each of these potential treatments and speak to that. Yeah, the success rate, uh, if we're looking at, a, at the clinical studies, and then I can talk about our feed, the feedback we see, 85%, 90%, that's where they generally all come in. Um, so the success rate is pretty high. Feedback from the patients would match that. We hear from our guys all the time, this is working, I'm noticing it, I'm noticing it improved, improved blood flow, um, you know, the pill hasn't been working so the science is sound. The results have been incredible. And we also will have you screened by a medical doctor, by the way, just to make sure that you're a good candidate and it really is a blood flow problem. All right. You got a special offer for people right now who want to uh, give this a try. Yes, a lot of value. It's the first step in reversing your ED. And by the way, there's no obligation to do the treatments. You can just take the free. Uh, call us now, the assessment, the exam, the blood flow ultrasound, no charge. That little gift that uh, doesn't fail very often, if ever, it produces immediate results in the bedroom. And also kind of new, 300 bucks off right now. So a lot of value. Call us now. It's all no charge. You can call 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. The number for Andrew and Wasatch Medical Clinic. To claim that free offer, 801-901-8000. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. There's conversations about the Pac-12 about hiring two commissioners, looking and focusing on not necessarily current athletic directors or current conference commissioners, but looking at people from the sports business world. That's what you got with Larry Scott. Stop it. What are they doing? You need to hire somebody 
who specializes in football, who knows football, who knows high-level football, and can execute that at a high level and can support your individual institutions in football. It's a cornered market. The right mind could build it into something indestructible, big, bold, a moneymaker. The right mind could do it. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Minky Couture. Mother's Day is May 9th. Get the best blanket ever. That's also the best gift ever for Mother's Day with Minky Couture. Sandy and her staff are doing it again for our listeners, helping you get it right for Mother's Day. Get 50% off now when you mention Zone 50 at a store near you or online at MinkyCouture.com. That's promo code ZONE50. That's Minky Couture for Mother's Day. Time to welcome in... Craig Bowler, Jack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, how are you? Good. I think one of the reasons we all love to watch sports is you never know what you're going to see. You sit down to watch a game and you just don't know. And in the case of that Jazz Kings game, at the end of the first quarter, yeah, 30 to 27 or whatever it was, it was kind of a normal first quarter. You had no idea. They were about to break the club record for most points scored in a game. That was a crazy barrage right there. Yeah, the whole game turned out to be, uh, in a lot of ways, record-setting. And you're right. You never know what you're going to get on a given night. I mean, you know, you lose twice uh, to Minnesota. You don't have Donovan. You don't have Mike. And then all of a sudden you come out and and have a record-setting night. Really, looking at the box score, I just was uh, gazing through it again. I sat at the arena last night for a while just kind of thinking about what the heck's going on and, you know, looking ahead to tomorrow night, you know, with Phoenix and, and the win they had over the Clippers as well. But, you know, you get eight players and double figures. You have nine players uh, who are seven or more that hit two or more threes. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the second quarter was as dominant as you can see. And you look at the final score, 154 to 105. Hard to explain without two all-stars last night, but it shows you, again, the depth. And also, maybe it also tells you where the Jazz are uh, in the sense of understanding the moment, what they have to do. I know it's the Sacramento Kings, and I know they don't have the deer and fox, but you can also counter that the Jazz didn't have Conley and Donovan Mitchell last night, and they still do that type of damage on the offensive end. And other they play some pretty, pretty uh, strong defense as well. So Mitchell will come back when he comes back. He's 24 years old. He can recuperate and get back, and I don't think that uh, it would take him very long to be where he has been and probably be even better because his arc certainly is rising. Uh, A little concerned about Conley. Do you have any idea as far as uh, precaution versus serious and possibly lingering? You know, PK, this is kind of that ongoing story with, with Mike. He plays it, you know, uh, such a high level. He, he played so well uh, in that second game against Minnesota, and I, you know, I didn't see anything that would tell you that he had, you know, tightening of the hamstring or had re-injured it. But again, after the game, things you know tend to slow down. Adrenaline kind of eases off, and then all of a sudden, you know, uh, these athletes know their body very well. In fact, especially a 14-year veteran. But no, to your question, a simple no, I don't. The Jazz are very guarded, always, and always will and always have been about players' health. Uh, I'm going to guess that Mike's going to have to make the call on this somewhat himself on where he's at, how he feels, go through the treatment protocol that he's visited several times. Um, 
but that's a lingering injury that continues to hamper him. And I think his age, you know, jumps on all of us. You know, sometimes these things are going to happen. If it's going to happen now, it's better than it would if it was in the, uh, you know, if it was in postseason play and he can get healthy. Ten games remain, uh, and that's, you know, hopefully time enough to get him back, uh, you know, to a high level. Same with Donovan. Again, uh, to your point, PK, um, you know, Coach Q was asked about Donovan. And, again, it's it's one of those things that it's going to be a day-to-day situation. I don't know really where he's at. I heard he was making progress. Don't know if he's, you know, taking a step back or not. But you make a good point. 24 probably is a good thing, right, instead of, you know, 34 uh, in the sense of how you recover. But, look, it was a you know, it was a pretty wicked, you know, sprain, and it takes time. And, you know, hopefully – I think the Jazz probably will be, you know, err on caution because they know that the postseason is, could be long and, and demanding. So – uh, that's my guess on both those players. And right now you have to go with a, a Joe Ingles and a uh, Royce O'Neal backcourt and George Niang. I thought did a great job last night jumping in as a starter. And here we go. You know, uh, Phoenix is tough. They have those guards with Booker and, and Chris Paul who are very quick. They've beaten the Jazz this year. Uh, they, As we say, they like to run downhill. So this is going to be another huge challenge tomorrow night. Especially when it's in Phoenix, not in not at uh, Vivint Arena. I just think if they get one of the two guys back, either one of them, if they can get just one of them back, I don't worry so much about uh, one guy being out because they have Joe and they'll give him yeah, a bigger yeah. role. And he's shown time and again he's better with the bigger role than he is with the smaller role. So one guy doesn't bug me, but when they're both out. That, that you know, and obviously you'd rather have Donovan because he's your go-to guy at the end of the game. But I, I just think the track record says as long as they could get one of them back, it'd make a big difference. No, it's a good point, and you know, I think they missed Donovan obviously uh, in Minnesota mm-hmm. uh, because of again, it gives you that option of an athlete uh, that can actually get into the paint and get to the rim and just change things up, drawing defenders, more spacing, etc. Uh, but Mike has had a knack of late. I mean, of just kind of you know, finding open cutters, and he's been clutching three and the floater and the paint. But you're right. If you get one of them back, Joe does have the ability to take control. He's a great ball handler, and it seems to me he is a more impactful player. He won't say it, but I think the numbers prove out that he's a more impact impactful player when he's on the floor as a starter. He's got the ball in his hands, and he can make quicker decisions, especially with the three. And he has that relationship with the lob, the pass, uh, to go bear, so it kind of opens Rudy up a little bit more too. So I'm of the mindset of watching this team every game that it is about them being healthy, obviously, as it is with every team. And as long as that's the case, I mean, they're going to be fine. I don't know if they're going to win the title, but I think they're going to be fine in that. All right, they didn't shoot the ball well in the second game against Minnesota, so be it. And then they shot it outrageously well. So they're probably not as bad as they were against Minnesota or as good as they are or were against Sacramento. But when we get in the postseason, they got enough quality shooting. As long as they maintain confidence, especially if they're not making shots, still maintain that confidence. And that's my little bit of a criticism is that I thought that maybe confidence led to some reluctance to shoot against Minnesota. Don't do that. And yep. if you fire it up, you're going to be fine. I don't know if you're going to win it all, but I think you're going to be fine. Yeah, I thought they were hesitant too. 
uh, in that second half, which surprised me a little bit. Uh, you know, even Joe uh, was a little hesitant. I don't know if anybody really wanted to, to make the shot, right? But uh, Conley did, and then you know the, the breakdown defensively. Um, you know that Rudy took uh, you know took the heat on, um, and you know stood up and said, "Hey, look on me." Which you know, hey, I think I appreciate that from players. Uh, it was just an odd sequence, and then they couldn't get a shot away. Uh, but you know, looking at last night, PK. You know, if you believe in analytics, uh, and Quinn Snyder is one that does to, to say keep shooting the ball, it's going to happen. You're going to get back into a groove, and they did in in quite a way. I was looking at numbers. I mean, this is incredible. The the, the two games against Minnesota, they shot 104 three point shots and made 35, so about 34 percent. You know, they're near 40 percent on the season. And last night, look at the numbers. I mean, they hit 59 percent of their threes, 24 of 41. And overall, a 64% performance from the floor. You know what, too, guys, I think that's happened uh, in the last couple of games, especially for Bogdanovich, is that early starts are important for him in the sense of seeing the ball go down. He had four straight free throws, and then he started to drive and see the ball go in. I know the Madden and Big T always talk about, as a former player, how important early starts are and the confidence you build by seeing the ball go in. So I think Bogey's kind of, Change his game a little bit to you know to use his size to go in and dominate smaller you know small forwards or or two guards and just say hey I'm going to the rim and then uh, you know last night Bogey kind of showed that got a little momentum going again uh, didn't shoot the three all that well but still got to the line and that's played a big fact a factor in his. I think his turnaround somewhat, but you know the Jazz can drive and score at the rim. They also have mid-range ability, and sometimes that gets lost in this conversation of you know three-point shooting. If you're struggling, go to something else that can help you uh, during the time that you're you're missing threes, and then regain some confidence. Maybe that's what the Jazz learned through this whole process. I'm not sure, but at least last night it looked like they had. I don't know that the Jazz have learned it, but I really think Bogey has because. Going back to PK's point about body language, like he enjoys going to the hoop and blowing by people or scoring oh, yeah. over people. Now, I do think that Sacramento's a little bit of an outlier and we shouldn't get too caught up in it because I didn't think they rotated at all. Once he beat the first guy, he's getting to the rim. You know, and when you when you play the Lakers, there will be help coming. There will yes, be a second will. or third defender. So it'll be different. But Bogey you know, kind of seemed to be an afterthought when he got here, and now he seems his body language says he enjoys it. I'll just blow by you, and I'll get my layup or dunk and my free throws, or sometimes both, and you can't do anything about it. Ha! Yeah, see you later. And I think that's a surprise. We knew him as a three-point shooter when he played for the Pacers, but he's a much more physical player than I thought, you know, as well, and he's showing that again. He forgets it sometimes, but you know what, PK, DJ, to your point, I think there may have been just this mental blockage, too, of do I trust the wrist? If I drive, I may fall. If I drive, I may get hit on the wrist. If I drive and go to the rim, I may hit my wrist on, on, you know, on the rim. Um, so I think he's gotten past that. He doesn't look at the wrist. He doesn't flex it as much as he once did. That was almost an ongoing issue every night. And you know what? It takes time, right? Nearly a year uh, to get through this. But, hey, if that's what it took – uh, you know, and he's got his confidence back, and he's got you know the belief. The Jazz didn't have him in the bubble. I think he's going to be big, a big factor in the postseason. And you know what? And Ilyasova just jumps into my head as well. He's showing why the Jazz signed him, and they've brought him along slowly. 
but last night, you know, he buried a couple of threes, got some rebounds. He played, you know, 14 minutes, and I think he's going to be a factor. I really do. He looks comfortable, by the way. You know, he looked a little shaky, didn't didn't know the offense, but I thought he's he's the last couple of games he's been on the floor. It looks like he's really in a in a much um, much better. Um, well, confidence for one, but just the way he's shooting the ball in rhythm. I, it, it looks like a guy we used to know uh, that uh, hurt the Jazz multiple times during his career. Do you think there's any psychological difference for the Jazz if they finish second or third as opposed to obviously first? PK, that's a good one, man, because how long have they been at the top? Three months? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I that's a great question. Uh you know, I'm sure analytically they've looked at their ability to, to advance one, two, or three, or four, you know, in the seeding wars. Uh, look, you're going to have to play the Clippers or the Lakers sooner than later, right? Uh, that's just the way it is. But I know the Jazz goal is to obviously jump out of the first round and go go much further. Uh, Donovan said it himself last year in the bubble, this isn't going to happen again. So there's, there's some pressure there, too. Look, the one seed has the ability to let Jazz fans enjoy a seventh game if needed. And we know what the Jazz fan base is and how strong uh, they are. And if they open up a few more seats, which is a possibility, it only makes, I think, Utah's chances even greater uh, with home court advantage. So I think there's a little mental part of that because they have played so well at home. And they were one of the few teams, right, to have fans in the stands. So... Yeah, that's that's a great question. The psych, the psychology of where they are. If they lose tomorrow night, uh, what happens um, to the swagger? I guess is saying, "Hey, we're number one," but now we have fallen back. And you can always say, "Well, we don't have Donovan, we don't have Mike, but we'll have them back." And so you don't worry. Not sure how it's going to play out, but if you win tomorrow night, that's a huge boost psychologically knowing that you can still win without two all without two of your all-stars and um that's why tomorrow night basically is going to tell us i think a lot of you know where, which, which where the jazz are going as a one or a two because after that you you only got nine games to play and you come home by the way for five straight home games and that's i think will bode, bode well for the jazz to either uh, rest players uh, get them healthy pk and then move ahead. But, boy, tomorrow night, it's amazing how games, you know, how they fall into place. You lose a couple of Minnesota, and all of a sudden uh, this Phoenix game um, is the one you're, you got circled on your, on your calendar. Questions that Quinn Snyder will never answer and that uh, <laughs> Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck may never even entertain, but wouldn't you like to know which matchups they like and which matchups oh, yeah. they really want. And I just think from the fan perspective, uh, you know, the Jazz and Nuggets played such a great series last year. If the Jazz do drop to two, and if the Nuggets, who are just a game behind the Clippers, finish third, well, the Jazz would still have home court in the second round against the Nuggets. I personally right. think I could really enjoy a Jazz-Nuggets series. Yeah, so, yeah. I, and who's to say if the Jazz get through that – uh, who's to say that you'd be getting the Suns? I mean, you might get the Clippers or Lakers because they'd be 1-4-5 and five, and they'd be battling to get the conference final. You might end up as a two-seed and still have home court in the conference final anyway. Now, that's a whole bunch of suppositions and ifs. and I, mean, I know we're going to spend time on it, but 
there's part of me that doesn't want to because there's so many variables we don't we don't know. We don't, we don't know, know how well, this is going to play out. And, and, and you got to throw in the play-in games too. So the Jazz, if they do finish one or even two, they look the way playing. that the the yeah. six, uh, the seven and eight, you know, map out. You don't know. I mean, Quinn said himself he's got to have you know scouts scouting four different teams, and you may not. You probably you won't know until, what, Thursday, Friday on, on how it's going to work out and who you're going to play in the first round. You don't know if you play Saturday or Sunday. If you're the one seed, most likely you may slide into a Sunday game right at home, which is an oddity. Uh, but, you know, something the Jazz are going to have to get used to. If, and, and with new ownership, I don't think that's, you know, I don't know if Ryan's going to, uh, Ryan Smith and the, and the group is going to, you know, turn away from that. So, you know, things are changing. And, again, if you are the one or two seed, you have to wait to really know who your who your first round opponent is. That's and that's kind of odd because you think you'd be able to kind of get into it knowing you're the one seed. You earned that, but you still now because of the plan have to wait. Unlike some other teams at four and five, on who the heck you're going to play in the first round. So uh, there's still a lot of unknowns, man, and that's what I think the league wants, guys. The play in is for a reason. It's to keep teams engaged, fans engaged. Uh, people still competing, not resting or tanking, and it gives uh, obviously now the one and the twos. They have to wait to really see, to really see who their first round opponents are going to be, and so that brings excitement right to the final couple of weeks of the season. And here we are, almost May first on Saturday, and that gives us just a little over two weeks uh, before the season ends on uh, on the sixteenth. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. We will uh, we'll hear you on the call Friday night. Yeah, anxious to see how this one turns out. Uh, the downhill running of uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker against Jingle and Joe. I guess I am I the the first or second warm up act for his show today. Uh, you're touring separately. Uh, it's different hours of the show. There's no warm up act today. He's no maybe he's in a stadium tour and you're in an arena tour, but you know whatever. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, he deserves the stadium tour. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> there you go. He can, he can <laughs> pack him in. Yeah, pack him. All, All right. Later. Thanks, Bowler. All right, DJ and PK coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Joe Ingles, we got a lot of reaction coming up to the NFL draft tonight and the future for Zach Wilson. We'll get to that coming up. Stay with us. The Big Show show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. He covers the Jets for the New York Post. Brian Costello with us. Zach Wilson, obviously highly touted. If he does go to the Jets, what are his prospects for immediate success? Yeah, it's going to be a while. The Jets, obviously, they went 2-14 and 14 last year. they got a lot of work to do. They have 21 draft choices in the next two years, so they have the ammunition to do it. But it's not going to be overnight. He's going to have some growing pains with this team this year. I think it's going to be a rough year. See how quickly he plays. You know, my suspicion is he'll play right away if they're picking him number two. But I think it'll be a rough season for the Jets and I think his best hope is if they can add some pieces this year, add some pieces next year, and maybe have a better outcome in 2022. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in The Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision to Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. So, Zach Wilson going to be the number two pick in the draft tonight. Everybody in the NFL seems to believe that. But what will the Jets get in Zach Wilson with the second pick? 
And Bart says, a person who never beat Utah. Oh, Bart, 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 Bart. Bay Area Rapid Transit, what do you know? A lot of people think they're funny, PK. Mark says, they're going to get a quarterback. Yeah, these guys, they're pathetic lives. They're going to get a quarterback, comma, David. (laughs) Uh, I feel lectured. They're doofuses. Don't worry about it. Eric says, a championship. (laughs) And he spells it properly. C-H-O-M-P. Chomp. In ship. Why would he do that? I believe it has something to do with his hero (laughs) worship of you. That would be awesome. No BYU quarterbacks ever won a championship. M. Squirrel says... Except for McMahon and Young. Except for those guys. M. Squirrel (laughs) says a second win by the end of the season. Man, that's that's low even by Jet standards. And their standards are pretty low. But they're coming off a two-win season, so I guess they they could have another one. A little misleading in that. In that, I mean, a two and fourteen is what it is. I mean, you can't argue with that, and that's why they make uh, wholesale changes on the coaching staff, obviously. But Donald was in and out of the lineup, and then they were going with a hundred and seven-year-old Flacco, weren't they not? Yep. Uh, so and he started in four or five games. Yeah, you, you got to stay healthy. There's just no question about that. Uh, and you would think that. The division is easier because the Patriots weren't as good, but Buffalo has ascended, so maybe that's a little bit of a wash. And Miami's gotten better, too. So the Patriots are down. Last year they were down several pegs. I don't know that that's what they're going to be long-term or at least in the immediate future. I think you've got to give them an opportunity. Last year was a funky season. They had a lot of guys opt out. Uh, So when we, we get back to normal, uh, I can argue the division is a little bit better so it's harder to win, and you're playing those guys obviously twice. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure the schedule is not out for next season, right? Although they know which they know their opponents. Yeah. Uh, so, but hey, yeah, this is the NFL, man. The thing about it is, is on, on any given Sunday, which I really believe that that is true in the NFL, and the margin of victory and defeat isn't that great. But still, you only won two games, so you get four, five, six wins next year. You're looking at wow, that's a major improvement. I have to see, but on paper, that's what it looks like. So I don't think Zach Wilson's going to come in and just light the world on fire next season. But at the same time, I'm expecting him to be, if he's starting in week one and we get to week 16, I'm expecting him to be substantially better. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It is time to welcome in Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well. For the 9 o'clock listeners who weren't here earlier this morning, you were telling us about a new study. You've been talking about the Cambridge study for a while, but there's another study out, a newer one, looking at uh, ED and the potential treatments and the one you're using. Yes, exactly. So this is for a guy struggling in the bedroom with any kind of ED. Uh, This was from a big urology outfit. They basically tested our exact technology, the strongest one, on guys with ED. And it was, you know, 50 pages long. But at the end of it, they wrote their conclusion. And they said it's the new standard of care for ED and that it rehabilitates erectile tissue. This is really cool stuff. It repairs blood vessels, opens up circulation, 
and has really helped a lot of guys get rid of the erectile dysfunction, get rid of the need to take the pill, and we've helped so many guys do that. If you're out there struggling in the bedroom, this really can work. So why do men want to stop taking the pill for ED? Because I guess the one thing that you probably have that people have to overcome with your treatment is coming in and talking to somebody else. It's not as private, uh, but at the same time, some guys want to stop taking that pill. Right. And I would say if you're taking the pill and you have zero side effects and it's working fantastically, I'd probably keep doing it. But if you're noticing headaches, if you're noticing that there's really no spontaneity, uh, this is definitely for you. Most of the time, guys don't get the results they want. They suffer side effects the next day. They're taking more and more of the pill. It's expensive. This is more natural function on demand. That's what we all want in the bedroom. Well, you've got a special offer for people right now. Yes, we do. The assessment, the exam, the blood flow ultrasound with our doctor, all free. That's a lot of value, frankly. Um, The little gift, guys love this. It produces immediate results in the bedroom. And right now, this is kind of new, 300 bucks off. Uh, Give us a call. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000. That's the phone number. Call Wasatch Medical right now at 801-901-8000. Andrew Reinhardt, Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.